Hey, this is Lauren Hargrove, co-pastor of Gravetop Church with the Revive Moms podcast. I hope this message makes a difference in your life and truly revives your soul. Enjoy. Today's title is Anchored. Anchored. And so let's just jump in. I'm going to ask you a question. So what are you hoping for? Is your hope, whatever it is, is it alive? Do you feel it? Or has it maybe died in the midst of the storms of life? When the winds and the waves hit, what keeps you grounded? Or in those times, do you feel like you're aggressively being tossed to and fro, beat up by life? and defeated. I'm sure we've all experienced both of these extremes from time to time. I'm sure we've been on both ends, but today we're going to talk about being anchored. In the same way a boat is anchored, no matter what comes its way, something is holding it steady. And you know, speaking of anchored, here is the exact definition. I mean, it's a very simple, but an anchor is a device normally made of metal used to connect a vessel to the uh, bed of a body of water to prevent the craft from drifting due to wind or current, to prevent it from drifting due to the winds. So as individuals, as mothers, and as Christ followers, we need to get ourselves anchored to prevent us from drifting away from Christ and even from sanity in the midst of life's storms in the midst of being a mom, in the midst of life. You know, especially as a mother, it is so easy when we zero in on motherhood. There's so much more going on in our lives, right? But motherhood, it's so easy to be tossed from emotion to emotion. The highs and the lows even within a day, the chaos and the mess, the overstimulation and the constant noise the disappointments and the hurts and the juggling of it all. It's all so much sometimes. It's hard to keep sane most days as we somehow manage to still do it all. But Jesus wants us to know that in the midst of all of it all, he is anchoring us, that he is our hope. He has promises for our lives and the lives of our kids. No matter what comes our way, we are anchored and victorious because he gives us hope. So anchored. I'm going to share three points today. And the first one is his promises. The second one is hope in the dark. And the last one is storms of life. And I know that this message already sounds kind of heavy. And you might have been like, dude, I'm just coming here to like feel encouraged. I've had a long day or and I'm telling you that that's exactly what God is doing. It's not a dark message, but it's a real message about life, whether you're in a storm right now, or maybe you're not. Maybe right now the storm has passed and it's sunny and you finally can just breathe that air and feel better and just feeling God's goodness all around. That's awesome. But regardless, we all know here that storms come and go. So that's why we're talking about it. But let's start with his promises. I'm going to read in Hebrews 6, 13 through 20, and it says, for example, There was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, I will certainly bless you, and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. 
Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, the oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope, and here's the, here's the, the main point of our title today, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for you. He is our internal priest. So hope. It's saying it. this verse is so powerful. This scripture, all of this is so powerful because it's talking about he gives us promises. And that when we hope and believe and we don't waver in that promise, this hope is an anchor for our soul. And it's saying that he didn't just say, I promise, but he took an oath. Like it's not just a promise, but an oath that's so promising because God doesn't lie. And he, that's what he said. And so my question for you is, what promise has God spoken to you? Ask God even right now, what is one promise you want me to hold on to and believe? And I'm not, I, I'm not God, but I know God could speak in a moment, in an instant. But as you ask him right now, God could speak to you right away or through the rest of the night or the rest of this week. But when you ask God a question, he doesn't just sit there and be like, I'm not going to answer you. He wants to answer you. And God has promises, many. But ask him right now, what is one promise that God, you want me to hold on to and believe? Maybe he has promised you that you will conceive again, if that's something that you're desiring. Or maybe he's promising that a, that family member you've been praying for will be healed. Or maybe he's promising that your marriage will be renewed and be an unbreakable force. Or maybe he's telling you, I promise your anxiety and depression, it will flee. Or maybe he's saying your kids will come to know me. Or you will be successful as you pursue your God-given dreams. Or those broken relationships you've been praying for and even crying over will be restored. Or something powerful like that. Every life is unique and every promise God gives is specifically designed by God himself and is different for each and every one of us. But what about when your circumstances look completely opposite from what you are believing God for? What you are believing God has promised you. Say God spoke something to you. You know, whatever it is. Hey, I'm going to heal your family. I'm going to bless you with another child. I'm going to do this or that. And maybe it looks different. What about the times God has promised you you would conceive a child. And I know this is a sensitive subject, but the doctors say otherwise. Or what about those times you desire to make amends with someone so bad and, and it's hurting you and they happen to block you on Facebook? <laughs> um, or what about the times that you started maybe going to couples counseling, but you have seen nothing change? What about those times? 
Does that mean what God has said won't happen after all? Of course not. Just like the scripture says above, God does not lie. He won't promise you something, then change his mind. It's simply that God is working behind the scenes. You can't see his work now, but one day you will. Abraham and Sarah's story in the Bible is such a powerful story, a powerful example of this. He promised them many descendants, but yet they were so old and typically not the age of anyone who would conceive a child, right? Then they waited many, many years, and it all seemed impossible. They had opportunity to begin to doubt as they waited. They got older, and it looked more and more impossible, but God still did it. Abraham chose to keep believing, not based off of what he could see and his circumstances, but simply by what God said. So what did God speak to you today? What has he spoken to you in the past that maybe you have began to doubt? Where is the hope that you once had in what God is promising you? Is it alive or is it dwindling? It's time to believe again and put your hope in his promises. In Hebrews 10, 23, it says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. And um, with this verse, it makes me think of all of us here. I'm sure um, in our life, there's been people who have made promises to us. Some have kept it and been good at keeping it. But what about the experiences that someone has promised you things over and over and they break those promises? Well, when we hear, okay, well, God says he'll keep his promise. How much weight does that hold in your heart when you've experienced so many broken promises? Sometimes it's hard to read that and be like, okay, cool. Yeah, God promises. Cool. I trust him. I'm all good. But sometimes we don't realize that we connect the broken promises from uh, these people in our lives to God keeping a promise. But I know for a fact, and I know he wants us to know that it's completely different. He's not like that family member. He's not like our dad. He's not like our mom. He's not like our um, whoever has hurt you. He's not like them, but he is the God who doesn't lie and who keeps his promises. So his promises, he has a promise for you and for us. Let's move on to our next point, and that is hope in the dark. Hope in the dark. Psalms 42:11 says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him my Savior, and my God. Why are you so down? It says, put your hope in God, not in everything else that promises release, promises peace, promises um, what you're hoping for, but put it in God. So what about the dark seasons when God seems quiet and distant, when you don't feel the goosebumps anymore and feel like God has abandoned you? What about those seasons? The enemy wants to lead you to believe that when things don't seem to be changing and you don't feel God, then he has forsaken you. But that is not the case at all. And here's what God's word says exactly. In Psalms 139, 7 through 12, it says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride on the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there, 
your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. I mean, have you, when I read this, I'm just like, that's so powerful. Like you're not getting away from him. Even when we get away from him because we're running after other things, but even when we're intentionally trying to hide from God, sitting in a a place of despair and even depression and darkness that we can't get away and God has not forsaken us. Even in those, when it's light all around us, but especially in the darkness, when we think he's not there, we can't feel him, he's abandoned us. He's saying, actually, I'm here to tell you that I'm right there with you. And he's in there. We can't escape his presence. So even in the dark seasons, he is there. There is still hope. Though you don't see it now, he will come through. Your joy will return. Your prayers will be answered and your hopes will be fulfilled. Your heart will be healed and your fears will be consumed by the passionate fire of God's love. There is hope in the dark. Hope is truly and clearly seen in the midst of darkness. Hope in itself sounds like a pretty word, a pretty thing. Oh, hope. You know, you wear the necklace, you buy the coffee mug. Hope, it's all good. Hope's the anchor for my soul. Love it. Get the tattoo, whatever. But it isn't always pretty. Because you don't commonly need hope on the mountaintops or when all things are going your way. It's like, oh, everything's going smoothly. Things are good. But you definitely do need it in life when it's not going your way or God's way, whatever, in a good way. So I'll end with these two verses. Psalms 35, it says, Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. So in those dark seasons where you feel like night is never ending, maybe you're up all night with your baby and taking care of them and it just feels like it's never going to end. But in life, in those trials and those storms, joy is coming and joy is coming in the morning. You will see the sun rise again. Psalms 94, 19, it says, When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. This used to be, and it's still one of my favorite verses, but I love it because in those times that doubt is flooding your mind, God wants to comfort you and renew your hope and even your cheer, excuse me, even your joy. So hope in the dark. Ending on our last point, storms of life. Storms of life are inevitable. There there will be seasons of many sunny days, joyful mountaintops, and obvious blessings. But occasionally there will be storms that show up. I know that's not the most encouraging thought, but it's reality. But how much different would these storms be if the hope of Christ anchored us, if we allowed Jesus to be our firm foundation? When we do that, we can weather the storm with Jesus. We can remain steadfast and intact. The outcome is not destruction, but strength, character, blessing, and beauty. The sun will shine again after the storm. After the storm, the grass begins to sprout and grow fast, and you have to cut it right right away, but it grows. The flowers will appear, and then the rainbow will be revealed in the sky. There's so much beauty after storms. 
And when you weather it and you look outside, you see the beauty all around, the smell in the air, and somehow it's refreshing. And God's work will be obvious for all to see after the storm. I'm going to read um, two verses here. In Matthew 7, 24 through 27, it says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And so this verse is saying that when we build our life on Christ, He is our solid rock. He is our hope. He is the anchor to our soul. That when the storms do come, that after the storm we will be standing. And how does that practically look when we put our hope in Him and when we follow His word, when we decide to really learn about Him and His ways and choose to walk accordingly? And just like as we instruct our children, you know, we're all moms here. When they follow our simple um, instructions to a blessed day, right? To a peaceful day. When they don't run over and over in the house, they don't get hurt. You know, when they um, don't pull their sister's hair, they won't um, hurt their sister and get in trouble. I don't know. You get my point. But in a silly way, in the same way, as we follow Christ and his his ways and his instructions, they all lead to peace. They all lead to a blessed life and they lead to giving us a firm foundation even in the midst of storms. But then it goes on to say, but when we listen to God, we're like, yeah, dude, like God's cool. And then, but we don't follow him. When those storms come, dude, we're, we're just like it says, building our house on sand. There's no security. There's no foundation. And we can't withstand it without God as our foundation and so the storms of life and I'll end um, on this verse for this point and this is I love this verse Isaiah 43 2 it says when you pass through the waters I will be with you and through the rivers they shall not overflow you when you walk through the fire you shall not be burned nor shall the flame scorch you I mean, how powerful that is this. God's not saying, oh, I'm going to save you and you won't ever have to go through deep waters or fire, like any bad stuff. Like, no, you're never going to go through that. It's saying when you go through it, I will be with you. When you experience this, I will save you from the danger it could have caused. When you follow me and I'm walking with you through these trials of life, it will not overtake you because we will walk through those seasons. But with him, he is the anchor to our soul. So be reminded today that the storms will pass. You are planted on a firm foundation, Christ. The storms will not destroy you and you will remain standing. Plant your feet firmly on the promises of God. Hold on to hope and wait for the storm to pass. Everything is going to be okay. You are strong, resilient, steadfast, hopeful, joyful, peaceful, and full of life and purpose. So don't give up and God has special promises for you 
your kids and your family and so that is really ending our discussion on being anchored so we talked about being anchored we talked about his promises for our lives we talked about having hope in the darkness and we ended on the storms of life i hope you enjoyed today's message we'd love to connect with you Follow Revive Moms on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If Revive Moms has been life-giving to you, then we'd love to connect with you as a church family. To learn more about Gravetop Church, visit gravetop.com or follow us on social media at Gravetop Church. Thanks for listening.